Well, look at this. You're here and I'm pleased because I really dig your company. Hey guys, it's me, Danny, and you're listening to the Just Saying Podcast. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a moment to pay respects. Trillificent, who was the host of Gay Side Stories podcast, recently passed away. Um, and he was a fellow anchor podcaster. He also was somebody that I supported and listened to his podcast. And anytime we lose somebody in the podcast community, it's, you know, it's hard and you want to pay your respects to that. I for sure want to pay respects to the family and any other listeners who have been, you know, listening to him. Trillificent just hit his three-year anniversary on his podcast not too long ago and you know I just as a fellow podcaster I'm always rooting for the new anniversaries the new milestones in podcasting but you know just take a moment tell the people you love that you love them because we just never know and for the for the gay community my heart goes out to you guys as well I know that this was especially for the black gay community this was one of those podcasts you guys look to and um you know my heart is just feeling heavy for you guys today all right it's black history month so you know i have to give you some you know cute little facts i guess at the oscars that movie Hair Love, it was, you know, a, a short film, not a whole, you know, movie. If you guys haven't seen it, go on to Google, hit the internet, because that's where I found it. Hit the internet, type in Hair Love, you'll be able to see the movie. It's so super cute. It's about a dad and a daughter. You'll love it. It's a hair journey that I just think was very cute. It touched so many hearts. It's circulating all over the place. It's on social media, media crazy. So you guys should be able to see that somewhere. But that movie won an Oscar this past, I think it was a week ago or something like that. I don't know. It just passed not too long ago. But in talking about the fact that, you know, hair love is this thing, I ran across a story from The Root, which you can also Google on the internet. And it was talking about how three more states have passed laws ending black hair discrimination within this past week because there is a a thing called the crown act if you guys aren't um, familiar with it it stands for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair now last month there was this whole story about this young man in texas named deandre arnold who was not a who was told that he wasn't going to be able to walk for graduation if he didn't cut his hair he had locks in and apparently he'd been like rocking with these locks at school but the school decided that it wasn't the right look for graduation so they told him he would need to cut them to be allowed to graduate and and like the people went up in arms like the internet was like what in the hell no this is not a thing like this boy's hair cannot be wrong now if you guys are watching me on youtube you can see but for you guys who don't watch me on youtube i have locks they're pretty i guess maybe they're considered like medium length they're 
uh, they're to my shoulders and I change the color of them frequently because, you know, now there's a thing called hair wax that you can use to, you know, make your hair whatever color you want and then you wash it out. So I change the color very frequently, but luckily I work at a, a an establishment that isn't aggressed by my natural hair. But lots of people do work in places where they are, you know, being told and taught that black natural hair is not professional, that it it doesn't look quote unquote neat enough, that it's, you know, afraid, people are afraid that it doesn't look clean. And there's a lot of discrimination. People will not hire some people because of the hair that they have. And it's like, dang, like, so, you know, Caucasians and Asians and any other nationality can wear their hair as it grows out of their head. But if I, as a black person, wear my hair as it grows out of my head, I cannot have a job. I am unprofessional. I need to fix my hair. That doesn't make any sense because, you know, I've seen other, other nationalities and I'm questioning what they hear situation is going on, but they can get a job and I can't. It was kind of like the same thing as like, you know, certain names weren't, were not going to be hired. And there was like a whole movement at one time to like, be careful what you name your baby black girl, because if you give them a equal Isha, you know, uh, kind of last syllable, people ain't going to hire your baby. Now we're getting this whole thing about hair. And I don't think it's a now, but now we're addressing it. So the hair situation has passed in a lot of states. Colorado State House passed the Crown Act on Wednesday. And then the Senate introduced the bill on Thursday. The Washington State House passed the bill on Thursday as well that they would prohibit employers and schools from discriminating against people over their hairstyle and textures, including afros, braids, locks, and twists. Because, you know, that that's the thing. That bill was introduced to Senate on Friday. In Minnesota, the bill was introduced um, earlier in the week, okay? And it just has been wonderful that so many people, so many states are going, dang, I didn't even know black hair discrimination was a thing. I mean, we know some of them did, but some, some people may not have even realized it. And now they are fixing this. It, it's 2020, guys. We keep on hitting black history and going, let me tell you who created the potato chip. Let me tell you who made the traffic light. But in 2020, we are just now getting laws that, and, and, and needing laws that have to say, hey, when this girl twists up her hair, that's not, you know, unprofessional. That profession cannot just be the white way, you know? And so she still is capable of doing her job. That doesn't mean that her hair is dirty. Cause let me tell y'all this stuff is clean, but you know, if somebody wants to wear their hair in an Afro, that doesn't mean that they are dirty. That doesn't mean that they are not professional. If somebody wants to wear a twist out, that thing is okay. We really need a law for that. And you know, I'm just amazed that in 2020, we have so many things going on. Luckily, 22 states are following suit. Um, also, California, New York, and New Jersey have already made the laws. 
22 state other states are following suit and they are considering the legislation um and there are also places in cincinnati ohio and montgomery county maryland that have already passed bills i'm going to tell you that i believe that my state unfortunately is a state that says that they could discriminate against my hair at any time so i might need to move but because i'm not cutting this hair anytime soon even though i did consider it um this past weekend i was like i'm just gonna shave it up shave it off because i'm ndre i'm not my hair this is an ndre episode apparently i'm ndre i'm not my hair and you know, I, I've done a lot of things with my hair over the years. I love the locks, though. I've been doing it for, like, three... I've been on this journey for, like, three years. And I'm very happy that I know that I now know that I can look at other states where I'm like, maybe I can go there because this hair going to be what it's going to be. And I don't need people telling me that they don't want me working somewhere and they don't feel comfortable, comfortable with me in the office. I have been told before that my hair is aggressive. And I was like, how is it aggressive? It's just growing out of my hair. I just twist it up a little bit and, you know, roll out. It, you know, it, it hangs down and it's long and it's not, you know, I feel like it's neat enough for me and you know I not even need enough I feel like it's neat and so I don't understand why if somebody wears you know their naturally you know um natural tresses out of their head or if somebody wears weaves in their hair to make their hair look long and flowy why my long and flowy locks are not accepted in the same way but, you know, shout out to all these states who are saying, nah, sis, nah, bruh, go on and wear your hair. My state does, I think that my city did just have a recent situation where one of the young men at a Catholic school was told that he needed to cut his hair to be able to continue playing sports or to be able to to continue at the school i don't remember which one but like i said my state is still a hair discrimination state i hope that sometime soon they pass something but you know i'm gonna wear it anyway and i work at the places that accept me and understand that this hair is beautiful i am beautiful and i am very capable of the the job that you know, I should be doing. I'm very capable of the position that I am applying for. And so, shout out to all of you people who live in those states because go ahead on, lock it up, twist it up, braid it up, do what you feel, and, you know, be comfortable. And for all of you guys who are in those states where they don't let you do that, well, you know, they're not keeping your hairstyles down. You just don't want to work for companies who don't want you around. So, I saw the movie, The Photograph, starring Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield, and I thought it was a wonderful movie. There were some things that pleased me about this movie, because you guys know it's Black History Month, and I, y'all know I'm always rooting for everything black anyway, so when... <laughs> This movie came out, and I'm sure I spoke about this, and this was something that I was looking forward to seeing. And so when it came out, I was like, Friday, I don't care. I don't got no Valentine because I sure don't. But I'm running to the movies to go see it. I went by myself. It wasn't even a thing. So my friends also went this weekend to see the movie. Now, I don't live in the same state with them, but that's okay because we just sit around and talk about it on the phone anyway. I have one male friend, I have one female friend, and we talk about this movie as if we all just saw it together 
in the same theater. So we agreed on some things. We didn't agree on some things. But I was like, let's talk about, you know, some of the stuff that was going on. Now, let me tell you. I'm not doing a complete review of the movie. I am talking about this movie, however, and so there will be lots of spoiler alerts in here. So if you are not, if you haven't seen it yet, sorry, love, because um, I'm going to talk about the things going on in this movie, but, I, but I'm not going to give you a play-for-play play on each scene. I don't believe so. We, you know, I never know really what's going to happen. I try to give y'all one thing. Something else usually happens. But we're going to work on these bullet points and see if we get close. So, I'll tell you some things that I really liked about this movie. It was like not the typical romance movie. It wasn't a rom-com movie. It was really more of romance movies and... um. But it wasn't the typical one. Like, they didn't have, like, this huge chase scene. You know, like, in Love Jones when he was, like, running down the train trying to catch her before she left for New York. And who else had, like, a chase scene? Uh, there were... there I, Because I can't think right now, I can't. But there wasn't, like, a, a fight for my love type of thing in the way that I feel like a lot of the the typical love movies do. There also wasn't like a rival lover that, you know, usually in these movies, you get two people that are supposed to connect. They cannot, con they, they feel like it's like they come close and then something like bounce them off. It's like another lover or, um, friends or family make them you know not connect and then they have like a huge argument that happens and then after the huge argument they you know we get like this montage of the both or one of the characters going on bad date after bad date with some kind of you know sappy music playing and we just watching them just like this ain't good and then one of their friends be like go get them girl or um, another, you know, or somebody's just like, you know, you know, you want to be with them, you know, you want to be happy, go, because they've been miserable for months, and it just wasn't that. Also, I want to say that there wasn't a, like, quirky white friend in this movie, which I was in for. There wasn't, like, you know, some quirky little boss that keep on trying to say, you know, some kind of blackish phrases there wasn't an assistant that was like the smart one really and was the one telling them you know what to do there weren't I don't think there were white people in this movie and I was like I don't think there's white people in this movie what but there were of course his boss was a white woman but she was a character but she wasn't like a standout character she she could have been it could have been anybody and so you know, I really appreciated that. I also appreciated that there was a lot of black male camaraderie in this movie, positive black male friendship that did not, you know, woman bash while they were being friends. Because I remember back to a movie called The Brothers. It was like uh, Shamar Moore, Morris Chestnut, D.L. Hughley, 
and somebody else was in that movie. I can't remember because there was four of them. But every time these guys got together, there was like a lot of talk. But it was not it was not the most positive about about black women or their relationship with black women. And this movie had um, comedian Lil Rail in it. He was from Get Out too. If you don't, if you remember that movie, he played Lakeith's brother in the movie, and their relationship was really healthy I felt I felt like he was an older brother who gave a lot of good advice to to his brother I feel like his um Lakeith's character was not playing like a jaded you know guy who just was like you know I'm over love it don't work for me he wasn't that kind of guy and then there was a man who worked in the office with Lakeith who was an intern, but their relationship was, it, I thought their relationship was good. I thought that was a healthy relationship. And, you know, he wasn't trying to be overly dramatic. He wasn't trying to be overly, you know, um, male, you know, machismo was not running through there. It was very calm at all times. I love the the relationship between Lil Rel and his wife. I'm sorry, honey. I don't know your name, but I did love I do know that I recognize you from somewhere. And I don't know what it is yet. I didn't look that up, but I did love that relationship between those two in that movie as well. It was just really good. Uh, what else was there? So the reason why I, one of the things that I took from this movie was the fact that there wasn't this thing, this need for them to like crash into each other and it'd be like an instant love thing. It was more, there was a line in the movie where he said, I, where, where like he's character said that I want mm-hmm. to get to know you. And that is what I feel like we miss a lot of times because so many times we are, you know, especially as women and I'm going to lie, I'm, I'm learning that I believe that male, men are, you know, taught this too, that women want to have like a fairy tale. And unless we don't, unless we get like the fairy tale love from the, you know, princess books or whatever, that we like the relationship ain't right. And it like there's just supposed to be like and and from you know a lot of older movies where it's just kind of like we see each other we love each other we get married and we haven't learned anything about each other and I thought that you know the fact that they weren't in a relationship ever they were working towards one the whole movie I thought was really good because love in relationship doesn't have to be a crash into it should take a little bit of time you should get to know about me we should have conversations and I I was talking to my friend and I was like you know that's not a thing that we that's not a thing that we are taught in the black community it's just kind of like but from the time we hit about I don't know at, at least 11. If you, if you pretty or people consider you pretty, that's when they start being like, you got a boyfriend? You got a boyfriend? And they definitely hit boys with like, oh, you got a girlfriend yet? You got a girl? It, you know, oh, we gonna have to fight them all? You gonna have to fight them off with a stick and all of that? And it's like we set them up to be in these relationships 
early when it's like you don't even know what you're doing. And so I've found that a lot of our teens feel like they need to hurry up and get in relationships when they don't even know what that thing looks like, especially since a lot of us have not even seen healthy relationships to pattern. I know for sure that I grew up in my home with my mom and my dad. They were married and for about 14, 15 years, okay? But that was not a healthy relationship. I could promise you that. It was really really not a healthy relationship so I didn't see it uh, my grandparents were married until my grandfather died but they didn't even live in the same house most of the time uh most of my life and I didn't have any aunts or uncles who were married I had that's not true I do have an aunt who was married and then got divorced and got married again. I have an uncle who was married and then got divorced and got married again. I didn't see healthy relationship. I think my aunt's relationship now is a is a more healthy relationship that I have actually witnessed, but I've only been around them for very short amount of time, so I don't know what that looks like. Uh, other than that, my I, I have a uncle on my father's side who is married but they don't live in the same state never did not never did my whole entire uh, adulthood and so I've never been able to see what that looks like and most of my friends are divorced <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie if they've ever even been married so you know I don't I, I can tell you that I have not personally seen healthy relationships in function like you know working I, I you know you know you see people who go to church and they married and they look cute at the church or you know you see a lady she may work in the office and she married and she sometimes talk about you know how she love her husband or something but I haven't seen the people together outside of this one specific place where you know we on our best behavior because we out in public I haven't seen them in home so because of that, I can tell you that I, it, it was a really a lot of work for me to try to figure out how to create healthiness in a relationship when it pertains to me. So having this conversation with a lot of my friends, we had that same conversation. It was just kind of like, I don't really think that I've had good relationships or seen good relationships to pattern after. And so a lot of what we pattern is things we see on TV, but that's written and it's, you know, cut it, cut and paste it. They are not, you know, one shot all the way through perfect. And those people aren't even the real people. They just playing characters that somebody wrote for them. And so that is the imagined perfection of relationship. And so because it needs to, because we haven't been taught that, you know, it's not so instant and it's not so permanent for the rest of your life. Everybody, you know, we, we do kind of tend to think that the person that we're going to date now is our forever. Without asking a person, do you want to be a forever? Are you looking for a forever? What does, you know, relationship look like to you? Where have you, you know, what relationships have you found that work well that you would like to, you know, pattern your life relationships after? Have your parents had any healthy relationships that you've seen? What do you feel about, you know, 
male female roles in relationships or if you are you know not heterosexual however your coupling happens how do you have you ever seen that coupled and what do you feel would be your role in a relationship and what kind of you know partner are you looking for because if we're not having these conversations and all we're doing is talking about what kind of movie do you like what kind of you know snacks do you eat what kind of music do you listen to what kind of you know what's your favorite food that is not that deep just to be honest with you those those questions are not that deep and so you're not really getting the real real about a person and a lot of times because we running and we trying to crash into instant love that's when we you know get into it so quickly and then we learn like oh you and your mama don't get along or we learn like oh you and your you know you and your siblings don't get along maybe y'all grew up in the same household I don't know, like, you know, how how hard can you hold me down if when your mama gets sick, you're like, I ain't going to the hospital. I don't care nothing about that lady enough to be, you know, giving up some of my time. Some people do that. And, you know, we don't find out enough. I love the, the, the scene where Lakeith and Issa end up over at Lakeith's brother's house and, you know, they're having conversations. She then gets to see... Um, some relationship patterning in his family. She also gets to see how he interacts with his sibling. She also gets to see how he interacts with children. And I thought that that was awesome, a way to be able to see all of those things and to still not feel like we together, you know? I, I felt like even in Issa being in close proximity with so many people, it still didn't make her feel like, you know, this is a relationship now that I am in. Because right after they had a scene where they were outside and they were just kind of talking, and it wasn't still, they weren't a couple. They were just having conversations, getting to know each other. And you have to do that. Like, you have to take that thing slow. My biggest issue with, you know, well, I guess not my biggest issue, but another one of my issues with relationship is the fact that, you know, we aren't taught about the breakup. And <clears throat> so because we don't know how to do breakups well, we don't know how to handle them well. In the movie, the photograph, if you're <laughs> if you're not familiar, if I didn't say it earlier, Lakeith has recently broken up with another woman. We never saw her, which I thought was really good. We never saw her because she really wasn't a factor for the movie, but the way that he broke up with her didn't seem to be, you know, the best way. And when Lakeith was going to leave out of town and leave Issa in New York to continue his life he also wasn't going to do that in a healthy way and his and it was good because his brother was able to it's not good that he wasn't leaving in a healthy way it's good that his brother was able to say like you can't do that man like you gotta treat somebody better than that and and him and and him being able to explain to his brother like be an upstanding person like don't just leave people and and not mention any words because that 
an ugly breakup. Also, because we saw that, you know, situation in the throwback part of the movie with Issa's mother and how she, you know, broke up with her boyfriend and, and they were supposedly a couple, but she left in such an ugly way that when she came back, well, she, number one, she tattered his heart and he moved on very quickly. <laughs> and all of that is, is bad breakup because, you know, you can't, the, the the man got married very soon after and he started and it, it's, it made this woman feel like she wasn't loved but she didn't realize you made the man feel like he, he you didn't love him the way that you left but that's because breakups are not taught we aren't we are not taught as you know children or young adults about breakups before one happens we are not taught about how to handle one before one happens and we are not taught about how you know the recovery process can be if you you know handle the first two steps as healthy as you possibly can now i know we can't do everything perfectly because sometimes you know we do feel like this is our forever. And sometimes we married and you feel like, I mean, dang, we got all the way to marry. This ain't my forever. And, you know, some things hit. But if we are given some healthy processes beforehand, even when you're getting hit with unexpected, you you have some tools to pull from so that you may not be walking around as, you know, my best friend Summer be like, I'm devastated. <laughs> I'm devastated. And I'd be like, girl, you're solid coming, I think. But, you know, let me pull that back. <laughs> you won't be walking around with that type of feeling if you are, if you're given some tools in your adolescence to be able to handle breakups. It's kind of like we act like our children, like we talk about our children being in relationships and just being like, oh, you're going to you're gonna be a lady killer out here in the streets or, you know, like, oh, I'm, your daddy got to have a gun for all of these dudes, which I think is an unhealthy thing to say to your daughter. We're not going to talk about that, though, today. Um, but so then we set them up that they need to be in relationships. But then when they get in them, we don't really explore their feelings in them. We kind of just act like, okay, she got a boyfriend. I ain't going to say nothing about it. He better not put his hands on her or, you know, she better not be trying to come over here talking about she pregnant. That's all we worry about. We don't talk about a, a lot of people do not talk about, you know, the process and how they feel about the relationship and all those things. We kind of feel like that's supposed to be a secretive thing, but I think it would be healthier if we had more open dialogue with our teens who are starting to date about more than just, you know, keep your legs closed, don't get nobody pregnant, don't be, you know, a hoe out here in these streets, don't be with a bunch of hoes. Make sure you don't get no, don't catch nothing. That kind of thing. We need to talk about the heart of things sometimes, and that that doesn't happen. But I feel like in this movie, we were given just a little bit of conversation when when his brother was telling him, you know, don't jump from one relationship into another one. Take it slow because. You know, you got to have time for your heart to process what happened in your last one 
and you want to be able to evaluate the things that you did or didn't do that you should have done or you should not have done it on your side to be able to present better for the next person that you're with but we won't have those conversations now i am writing a manual because i have some things that i feel like since we ain't talked about them i'm going to talk about them that thing has not come out yet but it is in the process like i'm working on it i'm just you know it there it's a thing so be looking forward looking for that um, what else do I have to say about this movie? I also maybe learned, you know, that even though there are things that you don't want to say because knowing will create an uncomfortableness and things, sometimes you just need to know. Like, you, <laughs> you need to ask some of these things and... There are some things that, you know, are personal and people are not going to tell you or they don't feel comfortable telling you and you have to evaluate, you know, does a person just not feel comfortable speaking to me about these things? But, you know, <laughs> I don't know, babies, you might want to know if you have one. And, oh, this is another thing about this movie that I thought was really, really good. This whole father relationship, I thought, was awesome. This girl had two dads, and <laughs> and she had a great relationship. And also, her Issa, Issa had two fathers at in this movie. Um, this is why I mean this is spoilers. Also, her mother admitting that she did not know how to love. When I tell y'all. I, I know a lot of mothers that I've looked at and I'd be like, girl, you is not loving on these kids. You just, you know, buying them shoes and clothes and getting their hair done. But they, they don't, you're not loving on them. I It's not a very easy thing to do, especially when we have to learn that we are a person outside of our children and some of us as parents get lost like we lose our own personal self in in our parenting and then there's another group of people who who can't connect enough with the parenting because they are so focused on being them and then there's another group of people who kind of you know know how to mesh that together pretty well I mean you know sometimes it's to the left and sometimes to the right. I don't think anybody perfectly gets it in the middle, but there are people who know how to pull them together. I'm going to say that I've, I have to admit that when I was, uh, I know I've said this a million times, I was 17 when I had my first child. And so because I wasn't an adult before I had children, I didn't know what adult, adult me was. So I spent most of my time just being mama. And I didn't create my own personal identity that I could that I could pinpoint for myself or that I could explain to other people. Now that my children are older, I had to start being like, all right, chick, people don't need you to do laundry and make clothes and, you know, clean rooms in the house and you know do hair and and 
take them back and forth and make sure that they're at all their activities and show up and support and whoop, whoop, whoop and all of those things. What are you going to do with your life now? Because these people out here living. And when I tell y'all these kids out here living, but <laughs> I had to figure out who I was. I also have a friend who is so busy doing all of the, you know, I'm me, I got to be happy type, you know, mama got to have a life too kind of things that she don't go to a lot of her children's events and she isn't very close with her children now that, well, she didn't go to her children's events and now she's not very close to her children because she wasn't loving on them. And so when they kind of left the house, those those kids were just kind of like, peace out, mom. Like, you know, I'll come over for Christmas or something. I don't know. But they don't, they're, the relationship isn't that close. I do, however, know a few people who kind of have the more of a happy middle. And they, you know, I look at them and I'm like, man, I wish I would have known before. And, but... Part of me also is just like, but then I won't be the me that I am today. And I like her today, you know? So you got to find this middle. But I love that there was an, an admittance of not being able to love in the way that she, that she the mother wanted to love. Not even not even just her daughter, but, but people in general. And a lot of us need to admit that we are not capable of, or not capable, but we have now harnessed the ability to love outwardly, unselfishly, most of the time. I mean, you know, we, we I'm sure we can all say we've been in relationships where we were finding ourselves being like, this person don't even really care about me, but they they think they do. They think what they're doing is showing care and love. And, and it's just, just not the truth. And unfortunately, that's when, you know, you find the heart pain not feeling so good. I think that, you know, this movie was awesome. It gave you a different way for black love to happen um, there, you know, the scenes and everything, there's a lot that goes on in this movie. I, I promise you, I didn't give you most of what's going on in this movie and you will enjoy it. I hope when you go to see it, but those, those are things that made me think about, you know, my life and how I interact with other people. And, and, you know, hopefully when I find, <laughs> when I find a relationship that, that can, you know, last, that I can find somebody who will agree with me on, you know, how relationship works, or we could come together to create a relationship that would be healthy for the both of us. Because, you know, I don't want the crash relationship. I don't want the crash love. I want that slow, steady love. Ooh. Steady love. Y'all know that that's in the re. <laughs> I want, I want like, you know, a, a steady kind of love. I don't want that roller coaster love. I don't want that high pie in the sky, hurry up and just love me love. I don't want the one that's going to be like, rah, we running, we running, we running, and then we just get so tired of the running that we let go kind of love. I really do just want to be able to pull, hold on. Get to know me. Let's mozzarella cheese just get to to know me. Um, you know, melted mozzarella cheese string pulling thing. 
that you know is a long process of getting to know each other because that's what makes me fall in love with people but that's just me and i'm just saying